You are listening to Falcons Audible Podcast. I'm Matt Beek. Joining me today is Falcons General Manager Thomas Dimitrov and Head Coach Dan Quinn. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here. I know it's a busy weekend, but thanks for joining us today. Good to be on with you. Always good. All right, so before we get into roster cutdowns and everything happening today, um, and today's not over yet. There's still Claver, uh, a waiver claim period, and then you're putting together the practice squad too, right? Practice squad, yeah. We're waiting to find out who will be claimed. We have our our list right now, not only of our own guys, but guys out in the in the world that we're looking at as well. So it's a, it's a busy time right now, but we'll know within the next hour and a half. So, yeah, the, everyone thinks the final roster is set, but it's really not. It's a f- very fluid thing heading into week one, correct? Yeah, for sure it is. And uh, there's lots of factors that go into that um, from a veteran side of things, practice squad, who's developing. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely fluid, you know, certainly through the first uh, you know, couple weeks of the season. All right. So before we get into this year's team um, too much and everything that's gone down, the last time I sat with you three, or the three of us sat down, you two, um, was late February. And that was the last time? Yeah. Jeez. And a lot has happened. There is a lot that's happened. Um, you guys, each of you, uh, Thomas and Coach, you both of you guys had, like, your boxes you wanted to check off. Now, for casual fans listening, this was before free agency. This was before the combine, the draft, mini camps, OTAs, preseason. Thomas, I know that you talked about specifically building this team, having a mix of youth and veterans. And the other thing you talked about was finding those those guys that in front of the foxhole type guys, right? Right. I mean, look, we, we that was really important for us. And I, I keep coming back to the fact that we have – you know, Dan's approach as a head coach here and his staff, they're, they're really open to developing those young guys. You get that fire and passion with that group. Of, of course, Dan sets the tone at that, not only on the offense, but on the entire team. And then you get our coaching staff who fall in line, and the players believe it and they feel it. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting when we release the players. Unfortunately, that's going to happen. I, I swear to a T, I continue to say this. These guys want to come back here because it's such a special situation for them to be around that energy that Q brings with his staff. And they believe that they can continue to get better, but not only that, but they'll play. Mm-hmm. If they're good, they will play on this team. It doesn't matter if they've been here one day or you know, 10 years. And when I think of everything that you've got to do on top of that, the one word that comes to mind is balance. You talk about youth and experience, but also the sal- the salary cap. Um, a lot of people didn't think that we would, the Falcons would be, be would be able to bring back guys like Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones. And this is on top of Matt Ryan getting an extension, Jake Matthews getting an extension, and before that, Devontae Freeman. And now you've agreed to terms with Matt Bryant. That's a lot of balancing uh, that that's, you know, Job well done. I think this is a good lesson for everyone and ourselves included because you can get caught up thinking that you're, you know, so uh, narrow with your approach. And then you realize that with cap creativity, and I believe we've we've done a really good job within this organization. I mean, I've worked closely with Nick Polk on it, of course, and uh, Kirsten Groves, our two cap people that are really dialed in on it. They continue to provide the right information for, you know, for Dan and I to make the decisions on these. And they're big, they're big decisions. And um, there's a lot that goes into it. But I, I will agree with you at the beginning of all this, that seemed like such a long journey. And mm-hmm. here we are 
having signed Matt Bryant recently, and the only one out right now, of course, is Julio, and, and to me, that's right around the corner. Um, but we've done a lot in this, in this offseason. They've not all been huge ones, but they've been really important for us uh, on and, you know, from our team, but then outside the, you know, of our team bringing in guys like Alan Baylor and Bailey and Tyler Davidson and, you know, uh, Luke Stocker, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, Coach, you talked about, just to rewind it here a little bit, you were just putting the final touches on your staff. You had said, look, at when I got here, I would, I'm coaching a team I don't really know yet, and now you know the team you went out and you said, I need these kinds of coaches because I need to get the most out of these players and I'm building this kind of team. And then you've also had some balancing too with your head, head coaching responsibilities and defensive coordinator responsibilities and then just finding players. And so how is – so for each of you, have you, do you guys feel like at this point I, – I know the season is the ultimate judge, but do you feel like that you've each checked off? Do you feel like you've checked off those boxes as well too? I would say first thing you had listed for somebody listening that was the casual fan. If they're listening to the Tabeek podcast, <laughs> there is no such thing as casual. Yeah, you know, I know the army of people that are listening to your podcast. The so. army, I love it. Um, and now I thought the one word that I think you could put in that maybe you have forgotten to uh, to jump on was the word nasty. Yeah, and that was you know we had talked about from the line of scrimmages especially, and we talked about guys like, or not then, but now, Carpenter, Brown, Bailey, Davidson, mm -hmm. Stocker, Lindstrom, McGarry, on the line of scrimmages uh, to make sure that came across loud and clear. And so um, the development of the rookies with uh, Chris and Caleb, we're going to be very excited about the style of play that they bring. Uh, Luke certainly brings that you know, at the tight end and fullback spot. And then on the defensive line side, Bailey and Davidson mm -hmm. bringing Claiborne back. Those three, you know, were a real factor. And then on the free agency side with uh, Carp and Jamon adding into the mix, you know, I liked that group. And if you had told me um, way back in February as we're sitting here today mm -hmm. that, yes, Dion, yes, Grady, yes, mm -hmm. Lindstrom, McGarry, Stocker, I would have signed up for that <laughs> in as fast as uh, in a New York minute. So, like, those are the ones from the line of scrimmage we felt like we needed to address, and uh, we certainly did. It's been awesome. Uh, like you had talked about the staff and adding people into the group, uh, Dirk and Mike and mm -hmm. Ben, all of those guys have had, you know, their own specific roles here on the staff, and we've grown. We spent a lot of time together this off season to help feature the players so they could help learn and understand them the best. So we're able to put those players in the positions to do the things that they do best. And so there's a lot of learning that goes on with that, especially for guys that you don't know of Bailey and Davidson and Lindstrom and McGarry and stuff. You know, how do they integrate into the team and how will we feature them in the ways that, you know, help us the most. So it's been an excellent off season. Having Freeman back has been a big piece that doesn't get mentioned quite as bit uh, with the addition of the running backs that we had. And, um, you know, by the way, we you know love the receiver group and, you know, that part of Gage and his development, you know, in a year, that's been a big spot. So there's a lot to talk about, but um, yeah. I would say we got nastier and uh, we've gotten closer at the start of training camp. I said better and closer. And what would that look like? Getting better is just the constant chase of improvement. And we've done that, you know, mm -hmm. as far as the training camp and the work to goes. And then getting closer is that's the communication. That's the feedback. That's what it takes to be really player led in, in lots of ways. So um, that's where, you know, we covered a lot, you yeah. know, in, from February to now and in hopes to put ourselves 
to get the best version of us, you know, as the season begins. And um, those roles, um, they don't stay finalized. They start to emerge now and keep going stronger as it goes. Yeah, you had mentioned, too, that, uh, you know, one of your – when you're onboarding this staff, you said 20, you know, you have a staff of 20 some coaches, I guess. Is that a good number that you have to be on the same page as far as when it came to the interviews, this is pre combine. Right. And then you talk about the kind of player that you wanted, the nastiness, the relentless, because you want a defense, not to put words in your mouth that wreaks havoc, not is not reckless. I remember you saying that we don't want a reckless group, but we want, a group that says catches people like oh my goodness you know right catch it puts the fear of god into them a little bit yeah that kind of relentlessness uh comes from a lot of things to play really good team defense uh yeah you better have the run and hit factor but your communication better be on point too the best team defenses are still full of uh even if you were playing man to man i'm telling you here's an alert austin here's an alert for you Beak, here's an alert dd here's an alert and then you now everybody starts talking that's an intimidating defense that can do that and so you have to get out on the field to do that. There's no substitute for that. You have to get out at practice. You have to get in the games together. And the more time they spend together, the closer they get. So it sounds like right now we're on the eve of week one, uh, game week. It sounds like based on – and you guys had a mountain of things you wanted to check off and accomplish. It's amazing when you just kind of just in ten minutes here sum up everything that you guys have managed to accomplish – here you are, and you put that final, or not the final, but a 53-man roster right. together yesterday. Numbers-wise, just looking at the roster, pretty consistent with with the group. But, you know, I tried to do a little predicting of the position groups. How'd uh, you do? I missed four guys. Okay. Um, and, and you know what? And to even say that, I, I worked so many hours doing that, but – basically i'm i'm flying in the dark i'm basically going on what thomas and you have done the last couple of years at those position groups do you try to get a scouting report on us <laughs> a little bit you know every okay. day i watch you guys i have to put the tea leaves together i have to listen to what you guys say in your interviews in what you say in the well, i'm glad that we're not that predictable that would be you know something that would not be good you know <laughs> as we're getting into draft and free agency that there's some uh it was not easy unpredictability um, it was not easy and I, it's it gave me much more of an appreciation of what you do well it's important to have good communication so for he and i together to talk through the team and talk mm-hmm. about the versatility that a player has and how we'd feature them together that's important because mm-hmm. each player's role in the team is a critical one uh from the first player through 53 through the practice squad the role they'll have how we'll help develop some players some are already into their you know time where they've had the development time and we're asking them to make the next step and and bring it Mm -hmm. so in looking at the roster like i was saying it's pretty consistent numbers wise with the the players you have at the position groups however the one that jumps out is running backs because in the past you've had like in 2017 you had four running backs and a fullback Last year, you had three running backs and a fullback. And I'm saying this was the initial roster coming out for prior to week one. I know it's always changing. This year, you go with five running backs and a fullback, six guys. Ortiz is a fullback. Uh, Kenyon Barner is a, more of a special teams guy. But to pay Peter, you got to rob Paul, meaning you're going to have to be take from another group. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe you guys would go heavier on the defensive line, but – what are those discussions, without getting into, you know, that too much, but what, what are those discussions like when you're 
and we, we talked about like when you're drafting are you guys on the same page and and, and you know we were having those conversations but when it comes down to the roster are there for the for for listeners out there is is it position coaches come and standing on table saying fight for their guys or or is it just you guys know through a body of work and meetings and countless hours of meetings that you already know it's one two three or six guys and it's just you and Thomas hashing this out or is it like a collective like hey I want we got to have this we got to have right. one more defensive tackle and you got you know Simo saying no I need an offensive lineman and then you've got maybe Bernie Parmley or, right. or you're going, hey, we need another back. You know, I mean, what? How are the? How does that unfold? Well, it doesn't unfold like that. <laughs> I can it tell sounds you that. fun. To, it does. To explain it, sounds, it like that. Yeah, I'm glad we don't do that. That would be really <laughs> unusual. Although we would say Dan, because yeah. Raheem and Simo and Bernie, we have a lot of energetic guys. Yeah, Obrick. Uh, yeah, we like to call it inspirational collaboration. Oh, yeah, like because that. they do inspire us to to want to collaborate. For yeah, sure. I would say they definitely. That's a great um, term. They definitely throw their opinions in. You know, and we really appreciate them. But uh, like most good coaches. Uh, especially position coaches, you want them all because you've invested so much time into them and you love them and you want them there. And so I'm glad that they fight for the guys. And um, it's always a difficult time uh, when you have to release a player Mm -hmm. that's really put it in and and done good stuff. And so you want the position coach to do those kind of fighting. But at the end, uh, we've had so much communication. It wasn't based on one moment or one game for the person to have to fight like that. And so uh, you hope that there's difficult decisions, and mm-hmm. we're fortunate that there are difficult decisions for us because uh, that means that Thomas and, and his staff have put together, uh, you know, a, a roster that has players that are going to play in the league that aren't, you know, with us, but they're still going to play in the league. And, and honestly, as a coach, I'm happy about that because even if you gave your guy a shot and you're, we're going to put everything we can into every guy that's here, and if they weren't able to make it here and they can elsewhere, man, like I'm a fan then and I'm going to be in huge support. And so I'm hopeful that the people that don't have a chance in this locker room, that they have a chance to go on and play somewhere else. That would make me really happy. You know, you talk about there's not a better position group to kind of exemplify that than the running backs because I think if you look at Brian Hill and just like the the storylines in the the narrative, he was a forgotten dude. Um, Even though he had that opportunity at the end of the season. Yep. You would talk about last season. When he came back from Cincinnati, he was a different cat. Right. And we saw it out on the practice fields in in the in the in the mini camps and then training camp started off and everyone's going people had to look at his uniform number and say, Is that the same guy? Yeah. He physically looked different. The confidence, the hands, uh, the experience, all of it clicked. And sometimes it just it's not right the first lap through for whatever reason. And uh but in his case, you mm-hmm. know, you put it back to the player, all the work, all the unseen grind that went into him. He didn't just, you know, report back in fantastic shape and catching the ball better than he ever has without a ton of work that went in behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. um, I know that from in his case, he really puts it in because if you watch him at practice, he empties the tank and goes for it in the biggest way. And the running backs, um, they have a good, you know, multiplier and free. Mm-hmm. They see the speed and the effort that he goes with, and then it carries right down, and Brian and Ido and Q and you know the whole crew all the way through. So it's been a very competitive group. Thomas, you want to add anything to the running backs, or just in the in the building of the fifty-three and how that 
that large number this year kind of affects things? Right, that running back group, we're, of course, extremely encouraged by it and, and at so many levels, right? They're growing, they're maturing. And then we add someone like Allison who gives us some, some girth and some size to a, a group. Um, you know, I think uh, where we are right now, just I, I'm, I am, I'm thinking that it's not easy. That was one of the areas. It was not going to be an easy move to, to make changes. And, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking as you guys were talking there, I'm getting texts. We're still – I'm getting texts from people all over the country, other GMs, other people asking about their guy, if their guy is going to be – have a chance to be on a practice squad. There's just – this is not stopping right now, right? It's amazing. I'm sitting here watching you guys work as you're doing this podcast. You <laughs> well, ran out of the room a second well, ago. Well, I want you to laud us like we're still working in this <laughs> because it truly, yeah, there's just a lot going on. We're trying to confirm whether we're, you know, interested in A, B, and C player, and but we're not sure how it's going to play out. The running back situation, of course, being really solid as it is, mm -hmm. there's still contemplation in that area because there has to be, as Dan was, was mentioning. Like, we're always looking – to um, you know, improve our depth, to improve at certain levels, and that's not taking anything away from the players we have, even at a strong position like that. So um, there's a lot going on right now, these next hour and a half. And the scouting directors are at the, the front of that because they've had so many reports written on college players. So when, you know, after the draft, we're trying to sign a number of them as undrafted players. Mm -hmm. And so when they go to another place, you know, we're always obviously following up on everybody. So. Um, you can imagine with 1,000 players out of work on one day or over 1,000, uh, that provides a lot of film to watch. Yeah. That <laughs> so they've, they've spent a lot of time, uh, you know, preparing for these moments. That is a perfect segue to, or just an, you open the door there to, you know, this whole weekend. And I know you guys, it's a, it's a process, and you, you take mental notes you talk about all the time from throughout the an entire year and probably this entire off season, you just, you take notes. And so, and sometimes players have that awareness and sometimes they don't. And that to me has got to be one of the toughest, you talk about managing the salary cap and, and then finding the guys that are going to take on the personality that you want on defense. That's a challenge in itself. And then getting a whole staff to be on the same page, but the human side of this, the, the conversations with guys that, you know, they're either going to take the conversations you have with them, roll up their sleeves and, and either try to make the, make a practice squad somewhere or get right. an opportunity with another team. Or for some of them, it's the reality is going to hit them that, Hey, this is, I gotta, I gotta fall back on my degree or something. That's the pain of regret. You know, did I do enough? How do you train uh, for that? How do you prepare for that? It, well, there isn't, it's just sometimes you want to make sure you're re constantly reminding them, uh, don't do too little too late you know, mm -hmm. now urgency now. And so we've had plenty of chances in five preseason games to put it out there. And so when it happens too late for somebody, you know, this doesn't need to be the case. And mm -hmm. then there's other guys that go for it right off the bat. And so it's definitely um, the hardest part of this weekend, you know, some big hugs to guys that you care a lot about and uh, some you'll get a chance to continue working with on the practice squad and others you won't. How about for you, Thomas? You, you, I mean, just this whole this whole weekend too. Is this is there anybody that you fall back on or have talked to over the years that you like, you know, that you've learned from or try to take notes from, uh, or just give advice to uh, on on the staff here when they're having those conversations? I mean, it's it's an important part of what you do and in, in the culture that you're trying to cultivate here too, right? Yeah, I, I was I was thinking as you guys were talking about that how a, a little aside here. So forgive me for being a little bit. Sure. Uh, off on a tangent, but as I started thinking about all these calls and dials coming in and texts coming in about this player or that player and, you know, 
in, in our league, it is really important. Like when I've said before about doing trades, you have to have good relationships with other organizations, right, where you're able to, you know, discuss players that are on their roster, whether they're keeping them, whether they're moving on, and they have inside information, of course, like we would, about a player that we may be interested in, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and being able to reach out to someone and, and ask, hey, is this, is this guy going to be on your team or is this guy heading somewhere else? And there, there is always going to be discussion. Well, you know, we're hearing strongly that hypothetically the Cleveland Browns are interested in this guy. And uh, the point is relationships are so important and not only are they obviously incredibly important here with all of our interaction with the players, as I mentioned earlier with Dan and his staff and the players, there's such a tight bond. But our personnel directors here, we're talking all the time. We, it's so important, as it is important outside. So call it the way it is. It's still it's a people-person business. You have to be able to communicate, and you have to be able to give, give a little bit as well. So I, just, I find it a really important part of this that a lot of people just think we're just you know, in a hole trying to decide what to do. But there is outside communication that has to go on. All right. So I had Dirk Cutter. Mike Malarkey and Matt Ryan in a room together on a podcast. I don't know if you listened to that one. Um, the silence probably told you the yeah. answer. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to. But the army of, of people that the listened army to the is, podcast yeah. probably did. Yes, but, 100%. Uh, <laughs> so I, it, was, it, it was fascinating because uh, we, I asked Matt if he could remember, and Malarkey, who was with him, to, if they remembered the play, Matt's first play which was a pass which was a touchdown against Detroit they not only remembered the play they remembered the coverage they remembered everything about it and they walked awesome. us through it was fantastic it was like opening up uh I don't know it was it was like a beautiful mind kind of moment that's good because the coach usually remembers the things that went bad so I'm glad <laughs> that they were able to remember all the, I all I remember was, during that cue is I I remember I remember Welling up with tears. First Honestly, play? Yeah. Well, it was just unbelievable because yeah, there was awesome. so much talk out there about whether Matt could take this team to the spot they needed to take him to. And it was yeah, I, I awesome. was a euphoric feeling. I, I, it, it's not like I felt at that point it doesn't matter what happens going forward, but it was a really you – know, it was a, such a strong feeling for our organization. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they talked about the, the play to Michael Jenkins and, yeah. you know, the coverage. And um, Matt talked about the conversation he had, you know, just give me something easy to get going, right? And it was there, boom, he hit it. Uh, it was fantastic to walk through that. Um, and then Malarkey told the story about Matt's very first pass attempt in camp. And he, he looked at, he got in the huddle and he said, go and catch this, right, <laughs> to Roddy. So um, this is a long-winded way of leading up to, I played a little word phrase association with these guys. So, for instance, I asked Dirk Cutter, offensive line, and he said, we're going to surprise some people. Now, this is before camp. Um, so I wanted to do the same thing with each of you. I wanted to do like five words or phrases. Like match game kind of? Yeah. So you okay. just say the first thing that just like comes to mind. $100,000 pyramid? Is there like another, like you're going to hold up something? No, I'm just going to just say a word or phrase. And then you say the first thing that comes to mind, and that's how we'll, that's how we'll wrap this thing up. And, again, I know you guys are working and, and still roster building as we're doing this podcast, which is just unbelievable. Um, so, Thomas, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you five words or phrases. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And uh, and there, you just want rapid response. Yeah. Or the first thing that comes to your mind. Or I'm going to ask you a question with the, the, the first one. So what's tougher, hitting on a draft pick or managing the salary cap? I would say hitting on a draft pick. 
What's tougher, hitting on a draft pick or cycling or a cycling climb in the Rockies? Hitting on a draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, you're a big time cyclist. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. Offensive line. Extremely encouraged. I just, I, I, I love watching what this, this group is going to do, I believe. 2020 NFL draft. So focused on this season. Too far down the road? No, not too far. Okay. We, well, just last, you know, our, our group is, is 14 months ahead. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. So I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm, I'm already starting to dig into it. But until we get through this process, it's tough for me to focus on. That's why I asked you that, because I know the scouts are already working on next year. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Let's I go. like it. And last one, 2019. Very, very positive for, for not only this football team, but for the fan base. You know what Matt Ryan says when what? I asked him that? Champs. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good answer. All right, Coach, All I'm right. going to switch it up with you a little bit too. Uh, yeah. 90s hip-hop artist. Favorite? First, first thing that comes to mind. I heard, I heard you're a fan. I am a fan. I'm going to say uh, Dr. Dre. Mm. Most famous person to come out of Morristown, New Jersey. Mm. In doing my research, I could not believe that this person was from, from Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would be one of, of the uh, long list of uh, most famous out of Motown. Yeah, I didn't know. Tyrion I mean, Lannister was from George Washington had his, you know, his headquarters there during the Revolutionary War. I mean, there's oh, a lot wow. that goes on here. So, I mean, how deep are we going? As deep as you want to go. <laughs> Tyrion. You, you're on, by the way, I pulled up famous people from Morristown, New Jersey. You're on it. So. Down the list. You're I'm right sure. next to Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with him as well. Okay. Um, Jermaine Grace. Speed. Right tackle. Nasty. Mm. Julio Jones. All gas. <laughs> These are great answers. 2019. Special. I like it. Guys, I know that you're working hard and uh, in the middle of, of, of doing deals and talking to agents and talking to each other. I really appreciate you guys taking time. Uh, for Falcons Apple Podcast, really appreciate it. Well, to the to the Beak Army out there, we appreciate it, and uh, it's always fun being on with you, man. You always got good perspective on the team and the outlook and the fans, so we can't wait to get rocking with you and with them. Yeah, we can't either. We're we're. I've been here three years. This is uh, this is pretty exciting feeling in the building right now. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for the the kind words and uh, go get them. All right, we're ready to go. Thanks. Let's right. go. Let's go. Thanks. Thank you.